you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school children who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Hey, welcome. It's the Dropping Gems podcast. I am your host, Debbie Brown. I am the Chief Impact Officer at Chopra Global, the voice of daily meditation, and the founder of Karma Bliss and the host of this show. I just realized that I don't actually, I don't think I've ever fully introduced myself. (laughs) And we're on episode 50-something. But yes, this is Dropping Gems. So welcome back, all of my OG listeners, and welcome to those that may be joining us for the very first time. This is a show where we unpack, dive into, and nourish with higher consciousness and make it incredibly applicable to our day-to-day life in service to our liberation and our expansion and are living a life that truly, deeply feels joyful and full from the inside out. On today's show, we are going to be exploring something that I haven't done a full episode on yet, and I'm really excited. 
we're going to be talking about working with sacred medicines, also referred to as psychedelics or plant medicines, um, earth medicines. And it is a very special path and tool for this journey. Uh, I'm excited especially to talk about this today because working with plant medicines has been something that has radically enhanced and healed my life personally. And I've been working with plant medicines for the last couple of years in tandem with so many other healing modalities. And I feel and believe that in my life, it has served monumental purpose and it has brought me into the highest level of my personal expression and the highest level of healing that I have had thus far in my life. So I am happy to be here with you today unpacking this conversation. I do want to share that we are going to be talking about uh, things that are not necessarily legal everywhere, um, that there is a lot of taboo around and a lot of misinformation and miseducation around. And so I do want to share that don't take this show as a command in any way. Um, and please, as always, consult, especially if you have um, special medical concerns of any kind. Uh, and if not, consult a medical physician as you feel called. And really, um, if you are called to this work, I am a purist and I believe in always treating it with the respect, the reverence, and the responsibility um, that it deserves. So sharing that with you, be responsible and be safe. So today's episode, I am joined by an amazing woman named Charlotte James, who is the co-founder of the Ancestor Project. The Ancestor Project, which was formerly known as the Sabina Project, integrates ancestral sacred earth medicine wisdom into the modern journeyer's experience to reduce harm and expand consciousness. They believe that sacred earth medicine is key in liberating all oppressed peoples. They facilitate online and in-person opportunities for learning that support radical self-transformation in the name of collective liberation. And Charlotte has been a harm reductionist and psychedelic explorer for over 10 years, but her path through this work has certainly not been linear. After leaving harm reduction years ago because of rapid burnout, she's returning to this work with a new energy, thanks to the power of healing with sacred earth medicines. Charlotte is fascinated by communication, has a love of language, and is captivated by the power of human connection. She's been in fearless pursuit of her passion since she can remember, always gifting herself new experiences and opportunities to expand her mind. And Charlotte works to create a world in which everyone is able to live in fearless pursuit of their radical transformation. She uses her skills as a digital strategist, coach, and space holder to build and engage a community focused on pursuing equitable liberation. Charlotte's work and the Ancestor Project has been featured in Blavity, in Vogue, in Forbes, and in Input. Highly recommend uh, checking out articles on her. And then also, there are so many beautiful um, expressions and ceremony offerings that Charlotte has through her work in the Ancestors Project. So without further ado, Charlotte James, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, I literally never feel that way. And I'm like, I'm feeling so alive and excited to be having this conversation with you that it really feels like, where do I even begin? How do we start telling this story? And I think especially, you know, some people are probably getting familiar with certain language and terminology because so many new modalities of healing have um, come online, literally, figuratively, in a really big way for people, either internally or through their Instagram feeds, especially for black and brown communities. We're expanding in these worlds Um And even though these are the worlds that are very indigenous to us, we're expanding to these worlds in a way that we were not previously um, allowed or thought we had permission for, even knew about it all. Uh, So I I think I have a little pressure on myself because I'm like, I want to frame this so gorgeously so that there is this deep understanding. Um, But I'm thinking, Charlotte, let's start with you. How did you find your way on this sacred journey, working with plant medicines and then creating such a powerful company and resource uh, to educate, to serve in this way? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the framing for all of these conversations is also the framing for this story, which is to give thanks to our Mm -hmm. ancestors who laid the path for us to be in this place, to be having this sacred conversation, to be having the privilege of sitting with these sacred medicines um, and just thanking, you know, whatever you refer to the universe source, collective consciousness, um, the great spirit for just aligning all of the pieces so that we can be in this place and be having this conversation. So um yeah, big thanks to the spirit guides and the elders and the ancestors and, you know, um, a request that they guide our hearts and guide our tongues in this conversation as we share this truth. Because I think, as you said, it is so important that we lay this framework from a place of reverence and respect for mm-hmm. the medicines and recognition that we're not new to this. We're true to this. These mm-hmm. come from our tradition. We all have indigeneity when you go far back enough. We all have animist traditions and and traditions that work with the mystic and the mystery and the medicines. So, you know, for me, that's really like, that's the easiest way to sum up uh, 30 years of this current lifetime and wow. however many other <laughs> lifetimes it took to get to this but you know I was I have always been a seeker uh, a curious human I was raised by two seekers and curious humans who in their own ways had deep connections to nature and the earth and um and and different spiritual traditions. My dad was a Rasta growing up in in Jamaica in his youth. My mom is a horticulturalist, and so we spent so much of my of my life outside and with plants and cultivating a relationship with plants. Um, and you know, when I look back now, um, I'm sure you you understand this as having sat with medicine. Like you start to you start to like pick up the breadcrumbs of your life mm-hmm. that got you to the place where you currently are. 
And so, yeah, if I think back, um, you know, one of the medicines, I'm sure we'll get into this conversation deeper, that um, I work with now is combo, which is a frog medicine um, in its traditional use. It's, it's actually a vaccine um, and a medicine to amplify the senses, the, the less human senses for hunting um, in indigenous communities in the Amazon. And the reason that I knew what combo was the first time I saw the marks on someone else was because at 14 or 15, I was like deep nerding out in anthropology and National Geographic and had seen the traditional application of this medicine. And so I was able to pick up that that little thread, um, you know, nearly 15 years later that then just blew the door wide open in my path and my purpose as a medicine woman and as a community steward. Um, my first, my first plant love uh, relationship was cannabis. Um, I started smoking when I was 14. And while I didn't have the language or understanding or intentionality that I have now, um, I can look back and recognize that it was so instrumental in allowing me to move through the stickiness of being a, a teenager, being biracial, having really heavy, anxious thought loops, really um, sort of serious body dysmorphia um, as a young woman, and to sort of just move through life with this like uh, I don't give a fuck attitude, which mm-hmm. as an adult isn't always the most helpful, <laughs> but as an, as an anxious teenager really helped me yeah. to like stay centered in myself while the chaos of life was happening around me. And I've been able to do that. Yeah. I'm also an only child. Um, my parents divorced when I was young. Um, I had a really clear vision at the beginning of our pandemic um, in a mushroom journey of feeling really disconnected from the collective chaos and the collective anxiety of, of loneliness mm. and um, having this vision of being a, a small child with just chaos happening around me and having to figure out very early on how to manage myself. And so, you know, the medicines really helped amplify that, that ability to hold space for myself um, as a young person. And, and then also just kept my mind very open. So then when I was in college and like MDMA came across the table, I was like, let's do it. And had, you know, a couple years of incredible somatic release through dance in the rave culture, right. In like underground warehouse rave culture, we wouldn't, most people wouldn't frame it like that. I didn't know that's what I was doing, but just like deep, deep release through my late teens, early twenties. Then I moved to Bolivia. I lived in a conscious community. Uh, We were working with LSD and would take these massive hikes and be in nature. Mm. Um, And then I had some, a couple years of not healthy relationships with substances, um, cocaine and alcohol and just um, definitely like cannabis overuse mm. um, to, to a numbing space. Um, so I steered myself off my path for a little bit. And then uh, our the little teachers 
mushrooms brought me back. Mm. And, uh, and like I said, combo really sort of combo and, and, um, five MEO DMT or Bufo just sort of blew the doors back open and in where I needed to be and put me in contact with, uh, Dre, right. Who is my ancestor project co-creator. Um, he served me combo, my first ceremony and became my, my early teacher. And yeah, at the beginning, pre-pandemic, we had all these grand plans to do a bunch of local events in Baltimore, and that got shut down very quickly. Um, and we put it online. And, you know, um, yeah, it just from there just amplified. It was like a rocket ship that we, an ancestral rocket ship that we didn't fully understand that we were signing up for. Uh-huh. <laughs> the mission. The ancestors are like, let's go celestial, it's time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Wow. Thank you for sharing. um, Thank you for sharing the journey and all the twists and turns that came with it. And what I really heard in you describing even that that realization and that self-awareness and understanding, okay, I'm going somewhere a little different with the medicine that maybe isn't serving um, my soul in the highest way. The, the thing that really connected me to that is like, oh, wow, she was meant to know both. Like she needed to understand the reversal okay. of the way it blesses and heals you because that reinforces you as a teacher. It creates even more language that you can aid people with as they use it in a way for their highest good. Mm-hmm. And I think and greater empathy as well mm-hmm. um, in understanding like where the darkness can take you when it's not integrated. Like yeah. where your shadow can take you if you keep ignoring it. Um, wow. Yeah. And it was, yeah, a combination of the medicine and also t- traditional psychotherapy that sort of brought me back into my, into myself. Yeah. Cause that's the, I think that's the risk we all run in any work that we do. You know, it's like, there's always a way, even the things that are like, the delicious treats of the divine that are available to us on earth. You know, it's like, we have to still stay in our spiritual integrity. We have to still reconnect to our self-awareness. So we say, okay, let me trust. Where am I going with this? You know, it's, it's interesting, like a little bit different, Charlotte. I was such a late bloomer um, to this. I was actually, as a young person, I think the way that my trauma manifested was that I became really hypervigilant with myself. And so there were so many things I would just never allow myself to do for many decades. And like doing any kind of medicines, um, for me through the lens as a young woman, I was very trained by D.A.R.E., I talked about this like briefly on a past episode, but like, I really, you know, being on the flip side of that, sometimes in our communities, we do see the, especially depending on when you were born, I'm born in the late eighties. There was like immense amount of drug abuse that was rampant in our communities. I grew up in LA, like there was, and so that became like this whole other thing. There became so much propaganda around that, so much miseducation first of all, drugs were planted in the communities that turned into drug abuse, you know, but we didn't see the other sides of that. We didn't see the sacredness. We didn't see the ways to grow and transform with other types of medicines. And so, you know, when I was a young person, I was so judgmental around it. Um, I'd be like, Mm. no, I don't do that. 
And I used to work in the music industry and, you know, everybody would offer and I'm like, no, I don't do that. And I thought that that somehow like said something impressive about me, right? Like I was caught in this judgment about it. So I actually started smoking for the very first time after I turned 30. And for me, it was um, using cannabis it really helped me after my child climb out of like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety tremendously. There was a lot. One, I I was in a difficult circumstance, but two, it was very triggering for me for my inner child wounds, like having a brand new baby and a brand new baby that looked exactly like me. Like it brought up so much to the surface that I had to really meet and make peace with about myself as I was creating what my parenthood would be, what kind of woman, what kind of divine mother I would be to my child. Um, And so I feel that like cannabis initially, it gave me the space to do that exploration. Um, And it gave me, it helped me remove so much judgment of myself as I was doing that exploration. And it helped me sleep because I really needed to sleep. (laughs) And then from that, you know, I, I ended up finding my way, um, I've done some of my deepest work with mushrooms, um, some of my most transformative work. I need the gentleness of that medicine. Um, I need it to ground and really connect with God as earth um, in that way, connect with my body. And when I heard you, when you were sharing about, you know, dancing and adding that somatic expression um, with rave culture, That is something that I think would have really served me at that age, too, that I didn't really fully discover um, until really the last handful of years. But dance has become one of the most profound practices for me of my growth, my healing, my transformation. So this is, yeah, I'm hyped. (laughs) So many many threads there. Have you ever done um, or practiced five rhythms? No. Have you heard of it? Ooh, Teach okay. me. Um, <laughs> so five rhythms. I really want to. Um, yes, Gabrielle Roth is the the creator of this modality um, called Five Rhythms, and it is a. It's this dance that you do. It. It's called a wave. It has five parts. Um, the five parts are. Ooh. Um, like flow, staccato, chaos, lyrical, and stillness. Those are like the five types of movement that you do. And it takes you through the, the five movements line up with birth, childhood, puberty, adulthood, and death. And they line up with the elements. And um, so it's, it's just a really beautiful um, practice or framework for, um, for a dance and movement practice. Um, I'm in a a training PhD program for transpersonal psychology and psychedelic medicine. And we just came back from our first transpersonal retreat in Columbia. It's 10 days of breaking the character all the way down, which was so exhausting. I think I just stopped sleeping 12 hours a night, like two days ago. Um, But movement was a big part of that. And, and the release and the ecstasy that you can feel without medicine, like from these very simple practices that we all have access to, um, drinking water, moving our body, breathing well, um, meditating, like the basics. Um, but you also touched on this, like such a key element of this conversation around, um, 
so I, I refer to sacred earth medicine instead of psychedelics. Psychedelics is like a term that some German dude made up in the 1950s. And I feel like sacred earth medicine mm. like encompasses the the animal medicines, the yeah. fungi medicine, the plants, the you know all of it, the the breath, all these different modalities. Um, but this this tension in talking about sacred earth medicines for collective liberation, specifically in BIPOC communities, is this the ways in which we've internalized colonization mm-hmm. to be like model citizens. Mm-hmm. Like you try to have this conversation. A lot of the time you'll see like in this conversation on sacred earth medicine, it's a lot of young folks trying to lead other young folks, which is dope. And also when you look at these traditions in our ancestral context, they are rites of passages that are led by elders, but our elders have had to become so conservative in order to survive in this white supremacist, patriarchal, weird ass realm that we all are collectively buying into right um, yes and experiencing that like we don't have the elders in our communities to to say okay kids come on down to this like challenging but life-changing experience God, uh so that, that like will bring you into being a a member of this collective and um will bring you home to yourself and your ancestors and your trends and your traditions. Um, And so there is this tension. I think, you know, a large part of the reason my story started so young is that I am biracial. I was raised in a predominantly white space and these conversations were not the same. Like everyone was experimenting and all of my early experiences were, were in predominantly white spaces. Um, in predominantly white college university, yeah. right? Like, and that word you used, it was wrapped around, oh, we're experimenting. Like this is something we're just right. doing to pass time and have fun, but it's not really anything significant right. or important. Yeah. It's not, but it almost becomes, it becomes this nonchalant rite of yes. passage. Instead of being like, oh, this could make us better humans. We were like, let's get mm-hmm. more turned. All right. The time. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, and, wow. um, and that's such and a the- stigma that's still so prevalent. I think for so many, especially for for adults yep. who are coming to this work. You know, like let TikTok tell it. Like there is like a lot of beautiful things happening with Gen Z. But for those of us that maybe are older millennials and older than that, it's like there is this stigma that we can't quite put our fingers on, or there is this lack of reverence in a way that we don't, we can't really quantify that keeps a barrier in place from being expressive and free in this way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, the other, um, weird quote unquote weird thing that, uh, I'm into and it feels like liberation to me is nudism and like trying to have that conversation with the people oh is God, also I very- I love you, Charlotte James. I'm obsessed. I was obsessed. <laughs> We are on parallel paths, my friend. <laughs> also, can we just do like a ink check? I saw your, yeah, your work and I was like, I don't know if you can some- see my other one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which people are also Talk like, to me oh, about this. Tell me, 
Like, talk to me about your nudism because I crave being naked all the time. And I love being naked with people. <laughs> yeah. But you it. say that and people are like, what deviant sex thing are you exactly. into? And it's like, no, I just like, we came into this world naked. If we look back at most of our tra- traditions, also naked. Um, and we've again bought into this like tool of control and colonization, which was used to distinguish who had more value. Like it was, it's a tool of hierarchy to be like, oh, you have that shiny cloth. Now it's like you have that whatever designer, or you choose this way to express yourself with your clothes, and that means this about you. Um, this though, so nudism, huge ups to my partner, um, who has been getting naked for years. Um, and when we met, he, yeah, he just, he's was very open about it. He lived in a house where like part of the agreement was that there were roommates, but he would live there if he could be naked. So he was naked all of the time. Um, which is, <laughs> you know, listen, okay this household is real open with it um like a couple months into us dating for my birthday he um took me to a new i mean he asked me if i wanted to go and i was like you know what why not (laughs) like i've been hung up on this body thing for long enough it's kind of exhausting to carry around and so like yeah yeah. in a place where everyone else else is going to be naked um the and it was really liberating oh my yeah. gosh yeah it's amazing also the body becomes wildly desexualized when you're just seeing a bunch of naked bodies all the time like the human body in and of itself is yeah um it, it becomes at least in my experience becomes very desexualized so since then we started this platform called we are naked and we take people naked camping okay and you know what it's really great <sighs> let's stop the interview so i can go sign up for this <laughs> <laughs> you know a spot but not just a spot the spot actually with the 2023 nissan frontier you know a bunch of them But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Dropping gym. So what do you notice... Especially in terms of healing, because like, so part of like my expression and part of my spiritual practice every day is that I dance naked with myself. And it's just, it's something, thank you. It is something that nourishes me in a way that I, I can't really quantify to another person. Like it nourishes me at the core of my being. Um, It helps me stay inside of my body. It helped me connect my body. It helped me heal so much body dysmorphia that I had been carrying around for my whole life. And I feel like I was able to come to really the deepest levels of self-acceptance, but also like sensual expression by just giving myself the space to be nude, to just be nude for me. And really even looking at wait, why wasn't I doing that more? Like, why wasn't I just naked for myself? It's me, you know, and then being able to kind of follow that and see, well, what was that really? And where does that show up in other areas of my life? Am I being restrained or am I being concealed from myself in a way that I should pay attention to? Um, And that was so powerful. And so hearing you say that, you know, it's like, there has to be such a beautiful, um, spiritual science behind it of, of being allowed to be that open with yourself, that free, but specifically in a non-sexualized way. Like this just is, this is my human technology. This is the house of my soul. And it doesn't always have to be about if it's attractive or not, um, or how it looks or not. It's how does it feel? Yes. Yes. Um, all of that. And, um, like if we think about, you know, people will talk about earthing, right? Like how important it is to go stand outside in the earth with your bare feet. Okay. So, but like, what if you put your whole body on the earth yeah. or you put your whole body in the ocean, uh. right? Like, or your whole body next to the fire. Like, what does, what does that feel like to have sun on places that don't get sun mm. and to feel heat, you know, enveloping you? Um, I, I mean, if I'm at home journeying, you know, by myself for myself, like I'm a thousand percent naked. There's not, I used to like start with clothes and I'm like, there's no point. Like the greatest way to drift off into the void is without all these attachments, these things that we, that we have. Now we'll say I love like 
body adornment, obviously. You know, I think that um, it's a temple and you rarely see an undecorated temple. So I'm here for like yes. the ways in which we've we've uh, developed our expression and adornment of the vessel. Um, and also and I think jewelry it's is my jam. <laughs> I love it. Um, and it's also like beyond being liber- liberating, it's also just like a level of vulnerability to strip away like mm. all of the barriers that we put in place between us as humans. Like, oh, yes. We also always talk about um, like how important skin to skin contact is for babies. Like wow. babies need skin to skin contact. Like we're giant babies, so we also <laughs> still need skin contact. <laughs> like it's it's the same. Your skin didn't change as you you know. It just got it. There's more of it, so you need yeah. more contact on it. Um, so yeah, that is huge deep and so beautiful. That is so 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 beautifully true. And it's it's even putting it in that context is just so powerful because it's like. I am still that baby. I am just still that soul wearing skin. And so of course, intimate touch from myself or others. And by intimate, I also just mean closeness, openness, acceptance. Like, of course, that is necessary for my spirit to be in optimal um, positioning and optimal power. That is so beautiful. Okay. Let me ask this for, for someone listening right now that maybe is intrigued or curious about what this kind of medicine journey could be for them. What is a good way to start framing it to get started? Um, and also, but actually before we go there, Charlotte, why actually is this such a powerful companion with therapy or to specifically use in service to your expansion and your healing or to getting past maybe a barrier to healing that has been present? Mm, yeah, absolutely. So many parts to that. So I feel like most simply um, put this process of colonization, which we have all been subject to throughout history is a process of separation. It's a process of, of trying to create um, binary systems of identifying each other, oppositional systems of identifying each other, um, and really just this, this constant pulling apart of humanity mm-hmm. and sacred earth medicines are a, a direct tool of connection, of collective connection, of like melting away the stories and the traumas that we carry around with us that keep us in increasing disconnection from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then therefore increasing disconnection from everyone and everything around us. And so in, in shamanism, um, you sometimes talk about going from domination to dominion, or if you've ever seen that there's like a meme that goes around sometimes that's like, um, ego where it's a human on top of a pyramid of Mm -hmm. a bunch of animals versus eco where it's like a human in the circle where everything is is together and equal. Mm-hmm. I think the medicines take us on an accelerated path to that place, um, to understanding that we really are just a human race. I know like a lot of people, I sometimes feel like, 
too woo woo having this conversation, but um, yeah, it's still so, it's still so layered, and I I know where you are with that. Like it is, it's no hard. Many things are true at once. Are we all love? Yes. Are we all divine beings of God without yes. hierarchy? Absolutely. Are we yes. in a system? Is that, that what's happening? Created- Yes. Yes. Is what is what's happening in the five D happening in the three D? And this is where like that's where there is this tension in this conversation, and why um, at the ancestor project we feel it's like so important to create this framework of how we work with these medicines for collective liberation. Like it is about healing yourself. It is about coming back home to yourself. It is about you know. finding the source and giving love to, um, you know, the traumas that have created the ego and, and all of that. And also it's important to think about how we work with these medicines that show us what's possible, like that show us this limitless possibility to make the current reality more equitable and more liberated for all people. And so there is definitely this tension in what I would say is like the consciousness community, the sacred earth medicine community, where there are people who want to skip straight to the, we're all one race and we're good. And then there's people who understand that like, we can work with the medicine and with the modalities to get us to a place where that becomes the, the reality, um, a reality of collective liberation. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, Keep going, because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. 
Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrands, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. For everyone listening that this may have some charge with, I completely understand. And I, I think I might dive into this in a future episode, but you know, what we're sharing, um, so many things are true at once. And what we're speaking to is the greater, really God consciousness, Christ consciousness, understanding of the fact that we are all sacred vessels of the divine, that we are all souls that are so much more vast and expansive than any of the human and earthly labels or titles could express. So our soul does not have a race, but on earth, we are put into these systems for this experience where we do have specific backgrounds and cultural identities, where there are incredibly complex and oppressive systems in place and structures in place um, that have created the dynamics that we now are tearing down and breaking. Um, And so we're kind of speaking to like this, this more advanced spiritual depth of soul unity. And we're also speaking to the thing that we're very clear on that there is absolutely racial divide, that there is absolutely racism, structures of oppression, colonial past, so many things that have been, I mean, just, there's not even words, just utterly, um, utterly destructive mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In all of its beauty and complication. Um, And I think that too, like, the medicine really helps you get to this place where you can recognize the immense beauty that there is in the human experience. Yeah. Um, and that there is in experiencing your soul in this, in this place, but to get back into like, to pull it back into the practical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I work with these medicines. Um, you know, it really is like, you can sit in one ceremony and come out and it'll be like having done eight to 10 years of psychotherapy in one night. Say that. Yes. Yeah. And it seems so incredibly intense while it's happening, which it is right. And it's an incredible release and an incredible accelerant to the path of evolution, to your own path of evolution. And it gets you so deeply and, and directly connected to your inner teacher, to your inner spirit guide, that then when you come back from a journey, you have just so much more capacity to manage what's happening on the day-to-day. Um, we'll frequently talk about the medicine gives you a pause so that you can choose how you want to respond to your life, mm-hmm. as opposed to being in this place, in this reactionary place, and reactions that are learned from trauma and from survival, you give yourself this gift of being able to recognize the areas in your life that you have complete choice over. Mm-hmm. Because that's like 
then to take it back out to the cosmos, like that's the other challenging conversation to have, which is like, we choose our reality. Do I choose structural racism and oppression and patriarchy every day? No, but I do choose how I respond to those structures within my own life. Mm. Um, and, And taking that power back little by little, like each of us coming back into that empowered state of being of choice means that we can ripple effect this out and and really choose to not have these structures anymore. Um, and so Maybe I think- in a really gentle um, and thoughtful way you just described that because it is such a, it's such a challenging conversation because it really is, it's just, it's, it's based on the level of acceptance you are at within your own self and where you are in your healing and with your connection to or relation to God. And so it's, it's, it's hard and we're learning how to have it in real time in a way that doesn't um, convey that we are spiritually bypassing in any way or that we're creating excuses. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's such a, it's a both and, and I feel like the medicine helps you hold that as, as well. Right. You said it earlier, it's many truths. Um, and being able to hold that, not even duality, it's like beyond duality. It's like multiplicity. Um, being able to hold that is liberating. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. How can someone use this in tandem with um, therapy? Mm. Yeah, so there's a lot of conversation right now um, around psychedelic assisted therapy, which some of that is is actually accessible now. Um, really, only ketamine assisted therapy is what is like legal and available to the public. Um, Oregon will be the first state to have psilocybin assisted therapy. Wow. Um, and then MAPS, which is the multidisciplinary association for psycho psychedelic studies is pushing MDMA through FDA approval process, um, for PTSD. I think this is also a sort of a challenging crux of the conversation. So the work that um, I do and we do with the Ancestor Project predominantly is outside of the medical model. We're very much like in the grassroots, community-based, ceremonial um, relationship with the medicine. And also recognize that that is not the space for all folks. But for BIPOC folks in our community, there is like this um, tension in that through history, we've had a very... um, like evidence-based distrustful relationship with medical institutions, right? Yeah, like our bodies have been used as testing grounds for centuries. And so thinking about then stepping into work that is so physically, spiritually, and mentally puts you in a, in a vulnerable place. Um, there's definitely like larger conversations around what competencies providers will need to have in order to hold space for folks who are working through racialized cultural and historical trauma. But I mean, in tandem with psychotherapy or therapy, if you are doing 
um, like really deep shadow work or work work around. I know you talk a lot about inner child work and reparenting. That's a huge one. Any any type of work that you're doing in therapy or conversations that are being had in therapy can be amplified and sort of accelerated and blown wider open when working with the medicine as well. And then I also think that it working with the medicine gives you a much greater access to compassion, both for yourself and for those around you. So I know one of the things that I had been sort of just like talking about and around for you know, two years in therapy was like, how do I forgive my parents for whatever, you know, they did. Um, and just like, well, first you, it was almost like 12 step, like first you do this process of the forgiveness and then you do this process. You know, I took like one journey with an intention to learn about forgiveness and compassion and have been able to, you know, it's not like you come out of it and you're like over it, but it's gotten to this place where you're able to like revisit the past and revisit these stories and narratives that we have without the emotionality connected to it always. And to just like look at it and see it and sort of reroute how you want to think about it um, um, in the future. Like you express that so beautifully. Yeah, that's exactly how it was felt by me um, in my first journey. And it was really with that same intention. It was like, you know, there are some things that you're like, I have approached this from absolutely every vantage point possible, from every perspective possible. Um, And I think especially for some of us that are really these highly processed beings that are sometimes really um, emotionally literate and also very cerebral you can hit a standstill with yourself. Like you can actually understand it too well that you forget to feel it. And so that is what this journey for me working with the medicines has been. It is what has allowed me to come into a softness about my life and experience um, in a way that I never even thought was possible. um, And definitely in a way that I could not have gotten to by myself, you know, um, it's that felt expression. It really is that ability to release what the feeling is. And then that's what helps us reprogram and actually make the life we're seeking our actual lives and make it sustainable and make it something that serves us in a moment to moment basis. Um, And I did something really similar to what you just said, where the way I approach, um, I was really interested in what that connection is, but what you said, especially around the vulnerability, hit so hard for me in hearing that because all of the ways in which I've used medicines 100% across the board is ceremonial or it's through uh, shamanic journeys. Um, Mm -hmm. And that for me is what I needed too, because I needed to completely disconnect from these societal structures of how we're supposed to or allowed to experience our lives and ourselves. And I needed to bring it into a sacred container. I needed to exist in this kind of divine womb um, and be able to experience myself truly as that spiritual being disconnected from medicine, from society, from all of the structures, all of the opinions, all of the perceptions, um, all of the thinking. Yes, 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 yes. To all of that. Yeah. 
This morning, I um, sat with Rape. Have you ever had Rape? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I call that my blank slate medicine because it, like, it just shuts down the monkey mind. Like, we have this mind that's like, all the time, chatter, 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 about a lot of stuff that really doesn't matter that much. Like, we expend a lot of energy thinking about things that are either completely out of our control or really carry very little weight in the grand scheme of our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, you can certainly get there with, with meditation as well, but some of these medicines, it's just like, okay, child, (laughs) sit your ass down, listen to these teachings. (laughs) That's what we're doing this morning. Um, So I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm just forever grateful um, for the ways in which the medicine has allowed me to accelerate this path of understanding myself. And I think what's so important, what you said, like, my therapist used to, my old therapist used to say like, okay, so if you stop intellectualizing this situation mm-hmm. and you actually feel right, like what's happening. And that was a very hard question for me to answer. I mean, even in this last, um, this um, transpersonal psychology retreat, medicine retreat that I was just on, you know, the, the levels or the ways in which we perpetuate our disconnection from ourselves, which perpetuates our disconnection from, from everyone around us, everything around us, from this understanding that we are everything and everyone at all moments, um, which can be like also an overwhelming sort of reality to welcome into your, into your mindset. but is an expansive and liberating one as well to know that, you know, everyone is a reflection of you and you're a reflection of everyone. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and you, you said this about taking it out of the, this Western context into a ceremonial context, which is, you know, I think for me and my experience with the medicine has been the greatest sort of shift in, in, this intentional path and living life as ceremony or life as ritual. Um, And we do have these new modalities and tools, right. And like science and research and cool things that we can, you know, combine with ancestral practice. So in our practice, part of the way in which we do keep our community safe and we do ensure that this is an intentional practice is by weaving in preparation for the journey and talking to you about your physical, mental, spiritual, environmental, and communal health. And what do your support networks look like? And what are your existing practices? And where can we, you know, support you more, enhance your practices, or have you dig and think a little bit deeper so that when you get to the place of the journey, which is really the awakening, the awareness, um, like you have more tools to navigate that space and you get more out of it. Like it is going to be an intense six to eight to 10 hours, depending on what the medicine you're working with is. So you need like the stamina and the tools and the feeling of support and safety to really allow yourself to surrender into that space. So you can get those eight to 10 years of therapy in one night. Um, 
And then you need folks to support you after and check in and hold you accountable. What are the insights that you gained? What are the patterns that you see repeating that you want to shift? And what are the what steps are you going to take to do that? So that's that's what we refer to as the integration period. And like that period is just as important, if not more important than the journey itself. Like how are you taking your downloads from your journey and turning it into daily action? Like how are you embodying the medicine in your day-to-day life to actually shift your being and contribute to our collective liberation? Because otherwise you're really just like on a mental playground for a couple of hours and then you come back to earth, right? If you can figure out how you work with the medicine, how you exist in relationship with this ally to shift your life, to really bring intentionality into your every moment, that's how we begin seeing these really big shifts on a personal and collective level. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Mm. So beautifully, perfectly, fully shared. How can everyone connect with your work, Charlotte? So you can um, find a lot of this medicine work at the Ancestor Project. Um, The Ancestor Project on Instagram and Facebook, theancestorproject.com. If you want to come sit in ceremony, we got you. we work with combo medicine and some others um, that we yeah are really privileged to to share with with our community. If you're into the naked things, um, hey. on Instagram and Facebook, we are naked. Um, and then personally, I'm at Created by Charlotte, uh, and you can find me in all those places. <laughs> oh my gosh, everyone, go go go! Charlotte James, I am so grateful for your time today. Thank you for just the beauty that you expressed this profound work with um, and the way that you allowed us all to go a little deeper into our own minds and hearts and really investigate and and see what's on the table for us. What's at this buffet? What are some new tools we can try on? You know, what are some new surrenders we can make for ourselves some spaces. Yes. I am really grateful. I am going to be hitting you up separately because we're going to go be naked in ceremony somewhere. <laughs> you know, I also, if I could offer, you asked, I was listening to another um, one of your podcasts and you asked for like a, a practice or oh, a- Give us some soul work. Or a, yes, yeah. soul work. Um. So one of my favorite activities that we share with folks is this questioning what you know. So take a sheet of paper and you make like a T graph, you know, like a horizontal line line across the top, vertical line down the center. And in the left column, you write everything you know because you've been told, whether it's from a parent, a teacher, a religious leader, the news um, your peers, whatever it is, everything that you know, because somebody has told you. And on the right side, um, in the right column, write everything that you know, because you have experienced it. Mm. And you start to really peel back the layers of truth in your Mm. own existence. So that would be my offering. Mm. 
for the collective. Oh, that is good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for this time. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a blessing, sister. And again, you can connect with Charlotte James on Instagram at Charlotte James and also the Ancestor Project. And Charlotte shared some really powerful, powerful, uh, beautiful expressions on how to look at this work, how to utilize this work, how to incorporate and integrate this work into your spiritual practice or into the healing journey that you are currently on. Uh, And I want to share, and I said this at the top of the episode, but when it comes to working with these type of ancient sacred tools of the earth, I am a purist and I believe um, in really creating a sacred container around how you'll experience this. Now, this is uh, 100% my opinion and move through the world as you see fit based on your intuition and your life experiences. But I personally don't use these medicines for a turn up in any way. Uh, I don't use them for fun. I use them with a deep gratitude and a deep reverence. And I set up a ceremony for myself, whether that is me working with mushrooms, me working with cannabis, uh, me working with some of the other medicines that are available. I, I spend a lot of time in meditation before I go into this practice and I set myself up to make sure that I'm safe, that I'm hydrated, um, that I can be cared for. And then I also do quite a bit of intention setting before I go into one of these journeys. And so that can really look like taking a moment to take in some deep breaths, getting a journal, writing them down. What are you currently walking through? What are you currently looking to be liberated from? Where are you looking to be nourished, enhanced, and healed? And committing it to paper, committing it to your heart, uh, placing a hand over your heart, and then saying a prayer for your journey. And as you come out of that journey, really allowing yourself to integrate the process. What did I learn? What was I shown? How can I use this information? How am I relating to myself in this moment? And writing those things down and then really spending time after the experience, not just like, oh, yeah, I did this. I did that, you know, not as like this kind of um, spiritual tokenism, but really allowing the medicine to inform you over the coming days and weeks and then continuing to meditate on what came up for you, continuing to journal to what came up for you. Um, I believe that is how to use these tools and these sacred gifts at the highest level of service for yourself. So I hope you will take that under consideration. And if you feel called in a way that is safe um, and really serving for you, start researching this work. See if it's a fit and see where it takes you. Okay, we'll be back next week. Big love. Namaste. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jack Cleese and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. 
Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey and right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease